all of the things I'm going to list are about allowing ourselves to feel safe again in our bodies and brains. Because when we're stressed, when we're anxious, when we're digestively uh, troubled, we want to get out of our body because we don't feel good. All right, guys, growing your wellness business doesn't have to mean working around the clock and feeling exhausted. So welcome to the Healthy Hustle Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Feldman, and I have been in your shoes. I've been in the wellness space for over nine years, and I know what it feels like to feel overwhelmed. I took my wellness business from 13K that first year and feeling fried and exhausted to over six figures. Now I'm a business coach for health and wellness professionals just like you, and I create done-for-you content and programs to help you save time and money so you can spend more time nailing down your niche, understanding your buyer avatar, attracting your ideal client, and building your business from the ground up the right way. So sit down and let's get started. Are you struggling with email marketing for your coaching business? Building an email list is crucial to connect with your clients and increase conversions, but it's not easy. That's where the Cleaning Hacks List Builder and Marketing Kit comes in. You'll get everything you need to build an email list of raving fans and potential clients, including a lead magnet, cover images, opt-in page, thank you page, and follow-up emails. And the best part, it's completely free. And if that isn't enough, has also created video guides to walk you step-by-step step through the setup process. Download your free kit and make it happen. Hey guys, I am extremely excited to have this guest on. It's Dr. B.G. Mancini, who I actually grew up with in Philadelphia. And here we are in our worlds colliding. And I asked her to be on the podcast today to talk about, well, we're gonna talk about a bunch of things. We're gonna talk about gut and brain access, nervous system for the moms, nervous system even for the kids, and something that she's coined called the family nervous system. BG, can you introduce yourself, tell everyone a little about you? Sure. And thank you for having me on. And it's great to see you. It's great to um, see you. So I started my practice uh, 27 years ago, working with diets and nutrition. And, you know, we didn't know the word gluten back then, but we took it out of the diet because we saw how it changed people when they took it out of their diet. We didn't have dairy. You know, we were already using tools that we now know the language for. Um, and so that went on for about 10 years. And then about 15 years ago, I started working. My demographic was doing acupuncture and physical hands-on treatments with mostly moms, you know, mostly between 30 and 50. And they had some kids. And when I would say to them, okay, you know, they were feeling better, you know, how's your family? And they would say, great, except one of my kids has ADHD, one has, you know, nervous system, digestive, you know, whatever it was. And what I started to understand is that they couldn't feel truly well until their children felt well. And their children weren't going to feel well when mom's nervous system was, even though she was smiling and doing the best she could and hustling out there, she couldn't resonate at a level where they felt safe to engage deeply. So that's kind of where the family nervous system idea came in so that everyone starts to get better together. I love that. I can so relate to that because when I was a brand new mom, my nervous system was shot, years of adrenal fatigue, and I could definitely tell that with my children. There were right. some learning issues. There were some delays. 
stuff of that nature. And I wish that I had known that you were doing this work because I would have come to you. <laughs> right. And Rachel, so you just said it exactly. We are designed as moms to go into PTSD when our children are born because we are meant and designed to hear 2000 square feet away. You know, yeah. we're like this all the time. So it's not just the postpartum. It's also like a legitimate nervous system fight flight that we go into. And now we're worried for the rest of our lives, unless we do work that downregulates us again. Well, and let's talk about that work that downregulates us. Okay. What, tell me what are some steps that I know there are moms listening right now, or even dads listening who are saying, this is me. I'm in an upregulated nervous system. I'm stressed. I have so much anxiety. The world puts so much anxiety around. What can that person do? Okay. So generally when someone's keyed up, they're stuck in fight and flight, right? There's a great book. If anyone wants to read it, it's called zebras don't get ulcers. And it talks about how, you know, the zebra gets chased by the lion. They go into fight flight, you know, they do all the things that the body does, and then they go to the water hole, they have a drink of water and they enjoy the rest of their day. Whereas for us, when we're getting triggered, we're staying in that fight flight, right? And so part of what we now know does that is also triggers that we absorb, whether it's through any of our senses, what we are watching, what we are listening to, the words we are speaking, the people we're around, the food we're ingesting, right? The water, the air, and all of these things have a different effect on each of our nervous systems. So part of what we can do is, you know, minimize the toxic load on our nervous system, emotionally, physically, neurologically, um, you know, taking breaks, even our visual system, right? Our eyes are a muscle that our brain interprets signals from. So if we're on the computer all day, um, there's programs you can have that shift the screen a little bit for you and actually gives your nervous system a break. So just using tools like, you know, making sure you're being mindful about um, taking a break from the computer. Uh, if you have digestive stress after eating certain foods, consider either getting tested or really diving into, hey, if I take this food out of my diet, does that help? Because we know that the gut and brain are directly commun uh, communicating all the time. So gut brain access, that's why it's called right. that. So, you know, neurotransmitters made in the gut are overstimulating or under um, downregulating certain areas of our brain. Let's, let's dive into that a little more, the gut brain access. Can mm -hmm. you, you just gave a very good example. Can you give an example of what can be some things that a person can do to, con to have a further connection between the gut brain access? Sure. So the vagus nerve that everyone's sort of talking about that in yeah. the healing world right now. Right. And I studied with Dr. Porges, who he created what's called the polyvagal theory, beautiful work. Um, very healing for anyone who wants to look at his videos, grab one of his books. And what he talks about is the engagement that happens when a smile reaches the eyes, right? So this is how we engage with each other, right? We're smiling, we're engaged, we're socializing. That is actually nourishing the vagus symptom uh, system, which connects our gut and our brain. And so everything has to... Um, base around the resilience of the vagus nerve. Now, if you picture a rubber band um, and you stretch it, stretch it, stretch it, stretch it. Now, if you tried to send a signal through it, it's gonna be floppy and the signals aren't gonna get communicated properly. So toning the vagus nerve is a lot of what, you know, is on people's minds right now. 
And we do talk about things like gargling and um, singing and humming. And those are definitely some modulators. And I don't want to take away from their efficacy, but they're sort of like, you know, a little flutter. And maybe in the moment, they will help to give you some relief. And um, other ways are tapping, of course, you know, yeah. that's, there's tons of free information about that. That does. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that really does, you know, uh, help to integrate EMDR are great tools. You can even get your own little tapping devices at home to use. And then there's also a program that Dr. Poor just created called the SSP, which is something I've used with moms and children for the past four years since it came out. And it's called the Safe and Sound Protocol. And the reason I want to just touch on this for a second yes, please. is because the way he, he designed this is so magical. He says it's meant to emulate a regulated mother's voice being received by an infant's nervous system. So in other words, imagine an infant, right? And they're raw, right? They don't have formed systems yet, but a regulated mother's um, tone, their prosody and their voice and cooing, that would nourish that baby's nervous system so divinely, right? And so he designed this program, it's an auditory system program, so that the frequencies use um, go right through the middle ear, which is where the vagus nerve branches and nourishes the vagus nerve. Oh, wow. And so, so you use yeah. this with children as well? Yes. Even babies? Yes. yes. I had an, a baby oh, wow. in the NICU uh, a couple of weeks ago. The mom had gotten in touch with me on Facebook and said, my baby has no suck swallow reflex, which is something they need to be able to swallow and breathe at the same time. And so I actually got the baby on the program, okay, and told her some oral work to start stimulating, literally connecting the oral pathways to the brain, brain, wake up this area, right? And the baby started to develop a suck swallow reflex. And the oh, nurses wow. were super interested. So that was always that I love it when um, people who know nothing about it in the medical community start to engage. Um, oh, wow. And vagus That's nerve cool. stimulation is very well known now for certain things. So that same program can be used for a mother as well. Yes. So we started working, Dr. Porges's work was based around autistic children who are basically, if you imagine in a stuck dorsal, it's called shutdown. And then slowly they were able to come into a fight and flight and then engagement, social engagement is wow. what he talks about. And they would start speaking and start looking in their mom's eyes. And then what we realized is that moms, um, hold an image of where their children are, right? Whatever the problem is. And so we needed to shift mom to give her nervous system more growth and resilience. So then the children could feel safer to reach out to them because we are so stressed. I mean, I get stressed when my kids get sniffles still. Yeah, now, it's better now that they're a little older, they're seven and 10, but I used to call my colleagues and be like, he has the sniffles. What do I do? I don't want to treat my kid. <laughs> so. I, I think that's every mother. Tell me what reduces the resilience of the vagus nerve? Great question. Um, all the things you could possibly imagine, mm. all the emotional stress, the, the negative talk in our heads, you know, these are, these are training those limbic loops where we're now hearing it in the back of our mind, constantly diminishing our vagus resilience. Um, our, our child or, uh, adverse childhood events, um, differently wired brains, which I think we all kind of have, you yeah. know, we're all differently wired and just what accommodations, if we're not as successful making accommodations as adults, um, so sound sensitivity, light sensitivity, 
EMF sensitivity for some people. I just spoke with a woman today, um, smell sense, chemical sensitivities, right? And then if you're getting exposed to those throughout the day, your nervous system is just diminishing little by little. I mean, if we talk about even our daily stressors, what are some things that you suggest for your clients when they're saying that they're really stressed? So the easiest ones to do, stick your feet in an Epsom salt bath before bed just even up to your ankles, okay? Number one, it helps with your sleep hygiene because it's going to draw down, okay? All the acupuncture meridians for sleep are in the bottom of your feet, kidney one, all right? That's a big stress <laughs> point. So get your feet in some hot water. It helps to get you out of your head. Now, don't be scrolling on your phone and watching the news while you're doing it. You know, give yourself that 10 minutes, That's put safe. on a nice podcast, put on a nice music, put on something that allows you to check out of your brain. You want to get back in your body because all of the things I'm going to list are about allowing ourselves to feel safe again in our bodies and brains. Because when we're stressed, when we're anxious, when we're digestively uh, troubled, we want to get out of our body because we don't feel good. So getting back into your body, acknowledging it's safe. Your body is designed to heal. It's trying to help. So feet into the hot water. If you can take a bath, get your feet into the grass, Go take a walk if you can, call a friend, watch a funny movie, you know, turn off the news, don't scroll through something because even though it's giving you dopamine hits when we're on our phone, right? And we get those little ding, 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 ding. But what happens is that that's also depleting, okay, depleting other pathways that are actually wow. needing to be um, supported and supported for sleep. People think, oh, I can't sleep and I'm stressed. The reason is we need to have enough resilience in our nervous system to actually have the ability to dampen the awake areas in our brain before sleep. Oh, wow. I would love to talk about the pregnant mom. What are some things, because if a child, if this baby that you just worked with is coming out and already has these issues, what are some of the things that could have been affecting the mom? So it's a, it's such an important topic and I don't feel like it's covered enough. Um, you know, all the things that we know, you know, the right prenatal vitamins, the right diet. Um, I always encourage pregnant moms uh, or people getting ready for prep for a pregnancy actually. Yeah. So, you know, find out what your food sensitivities are because going into pregnancy, you do want, you don't want this low level inflammation all the time. So yeah. even if they just went and got some basic markers to check their levels of inflammation, um, making sure, of course, they know what their sleep hygiene is. It's hard enough to sleep for some people anyway, but then pregnant, sometimes it's even more challenging. And that can lead into things um, like a more likelihood for preeclampsia, um, for gestational diabetes. So we want to really make sure that the things that we need to feel good when we're not pregnant are well in place for when we're going into pregnancy. And what are some of the things um, when you have a newborn that you can actually do to support your child's vagus nerve? Okay. So <laughs> I actually, let me tell you, Rachel. Uh, so um, I had sent uh, the free course that I did, the 30 minutes, um, and I think you're going to share it with your listeners. Yep. Uh, so all of those things that I talk about in there are supporting the vagus nerve. So we were not told, right? that building neurological pathways is something that we have to participate in for babies. I was always under the impression, you know, before 25 years ago, that babies just developed, right? But right. we now know neuroscience has cleared the path on this one. 
pathways are developed through repetition and stimulation. So babies who are now in these carrier seats much more often than we ever were, our, you know, when we were babies, um, more um, television engagement on phones, you know, these kind of things, it's really diminishing those neurological pathways, which can happen through the eyes, the mouth, you know, taste, ears, all these things, touch, proprioception, giving them little massages, right? These are the things that build up the vagus nerve um, and its resilience. And what that does, those exercises and watching for food sensitivities are going to scaffold the brain. What that means is from the cerebellum, which is the base of the, the brain, it's going to build more support so that all the stressors that everyone gets exposed to are less likely to push into a problem, okay? To, to really throw a baby or a young in, a toddler even into like what they call flares or, you know, if they, you know, like uh, different difficulties. So yeah, I really, it's building up the scaffolding of the brain and nervous system with deep love connection and all of those things. So what if an adult goes through an experience where they have a traumatic experience and then their vagus nerve gets there's less resilience. Yeah. What would you suggest usually with an adult? So there's lots of, uh, the SSP of course, I think is wonderful. Right. Okay. It's, it's a really incredible tool. It also, you know, I work with PTSD soldiers too, and they'll tell me that their sleep improves. And once their sleep improves, their neurological symptoms start to improve, you know, and then their physical symptoms. Um, you know, when, when an adult goes through a trauma, you know, there's also things like EMDR, which is really wonderful. Right. Um, DNRS and the Gupta program, those are limbic retraining programs. And those help to intervene with that loop of our thoughts and our trauma because it becomes physiological. And people think that neuropsychiatric, because I, I talk about um, the neuropsychiatric events that happened after COVID infections for some people. I mean, I watched adult patients just really lose touch with reality. Wow. Um, and But neuropsychiatric doesn't mean making it up. What it means is that it is now a physical brain reaction, right? Where the brain is now signaling in a physical way and creating this uh, trauma loop. So SSP, DNRS, and Gupta, um, and then looking for things that two to 5%, 7% support you. You know, we're not looking for one magic fix. If it was, I would give it to you. Right. But for each person's nervous system, you know, can I get a little bit of stabilization by changing my diet? Can I get a little bit of stabilization by improving my sleep hygiene, by waking up at the same hour? Am I watching when I'm eating? Am I hypoglycemic? You know, and if you can layer in some of these supports, then you start to scaffold yourself. Well, and I think that's a big thing. I mean, I would say the majority of people run on fight and flight these days. <sighs> and we see that with having other health issues and massive inflammation. Yes. What would you say would be your suggestion for that person who just is, is like at that crash point, like they're beyond fight and flight. They've kind of crashed and there's no cortisol <laughs> working at all. Yeah, that's we, Dr. Poor just taught that's dorsal. That means like psh, shut down, right? That is in survival mode. I am not getting out of the bed or leaving the house or able to communicate. You know, if I'm slogging through my job, that is all I can do. And then I go home into that place down here, right? So again, I I think actually what I just said really applies there. You know, dorsal is you need one percent changes and patience, you know, for recovery. And 
um, recruiting assistance, recruiting support from other people, because I know that I've been through things in my life and, and post, I went through a very traumatic pregnancy, um, postpartum, didn't even know I was, uh, you know, all these different things. And I didn't know it was actually some silly show. Uh, this is us. Yeah. And in, in the episode, <laughs> one episode, she says, I am not okay. And I went, oh my God, I can just say that. Like, is that all I had to do was just say, I'm not okay. Yeah. And then someone's going to help. Like, it was like some big revelation moment. Cause I was in the muck at the moment, you know? And so that's where it becomes really important to just, who can you get as touchstones, you know, of support? Hey, keep an eye on me. All right. This is what I'm going through, you know, and, and making sure that you have people, um, you know, helping to lift you up. And especially if you're a mom and you have other little lives depending on you, right. Yeah. Then it's, you know, how, because then we throw on top of everything, our mom guilt and what we're not doing say, enough of. Like the shame, the shame that comes up of saying, I know for me, it was very hard for me to ask for help. I think of my firstborn and I just, I wanted to do everything by myself. I wanted to figure out, I even hired a postpartum doula and mm -hmm. she was like, you are not even letting me take care of you. Cause I was so used to doing everything myself that it was like realizing that I had to take care of my nervous system, calm down, take care of myself. I felt that guilt and that shame around it. Right. And so that's where we, I mean, that I think is probably a lifetime of healing for all of us. I mean, I know for myself as a mom, I was just driving yesterday and I was listening to a podcast called You Are Not a Shitty Parent. And <laughs> then, my, then my two children got in the car after karate and said, mom, why didn't you spend enough time with me on Valentine's day? And mom, you didn't do this. And I literally took a picture of the screen and recorded what was happening in the back. I'm like, you know, it's, this is it. So every opportunity, you know, to not beat myself up and to give myself a little check mark. And just that one's, I think a constant thing for, for especially women who really, um, you know, want to be the best that they can for their kids and for themselves. Do you find how important is it when you're working with a mom and her children? Does do you work with the father as well? I get so excited when dad shows up on Zoom. Okay, when I sit down <laughs> with mom and I know the child's going to come in a little bit later in the uh, in the intake, and when dad's there, I am so excited because that means that it's a more of a dynamic that everyone's going to be involved in. Right. Um, a lot of times, just the way it is, this is not a kick on dads because love them. Um, but it usually takes a little while for them to see evidence of things working for their kids, working for their wives before they start to sort of, hey, what's going on over here? I'm noticing a right. chain. And right. then I might get a call a couple of months later. Hey, I've got this health problem. I'm willing to talk to you, you know? <laughs> what would you say are the other health problems that you end up seeing in your in your business? So a lot of digestive issues and people don't even know what digestive issues are anymore because they're so used to feeling bloated and uncomfortable and, you know, all the different things, but brain fog is from digestion usually, right? It's, it's neuroinflammation. And that also is um, part of SIBO as you know, and you know, all the different things. So I would say gut, um, brain fog, chronic um, infections, are, you know, UTIs all the time, you know, that's yeah. just translocated bacteria from the gut. Um, and then, um, a lot of children, children are about, you know, 60% of my practice and with them, it's not sleeping, not eating properly, digestive, neuropsychiatric. 
yeah, chronic infections, PANS, autism, um, RAD, ADD, you know, a lot of these different challenges. And just to um, make anyone who's listening aware of this, the CDC uh, changed guidelines for milestones last year. They pushed them back by three, six, and nine months. And what that means is that we are now expecting less of children than we were for the past 30, 40, 100 years, oh, wow. okay? So what that means is that diagnoses are going to happen three, six, nine, 12, 18 months later than they already are. And the window of neuroplasticity between zero and two is superb, two to five, also great. And then over five, you know, it sort of gets more challenging Then there's another window in the late teen years. But so having those opportunities to make those wow. emotional shifts, those physical shifts and those connections, because the goal is to have mom enjoy raising her children. Yeah. And she can't do that if she's super stressed out and she can't do that if her children aren't able to engage with her, right? It's such a great point. I mean, do you think in what we've discussed that we're leaving anything out? for this listener, because I think, I know everyone listening knows gut brain access. They've heard vagus nerve. I think diving into the family system has been, the family nervous system has been really dynamic and interesting. Do you think that we've missed anything in this conversation? I mean, the thing that keeps coming to my mind right now is, you know how in nature they say, kittens and little youngs are so cute so that people so that the mommies don't eat them you know that they're like <laughs> and so so I always think like if I was a mom who wasn't getting that feedback that nourishment of connection from my child mm. how much less resilience I would have how much less tolerance I would have for my child um, because I'm not getting that um, reciprocation and then I would shut down, right? So when I see those challenges, like even in my own kids, when they're going through something or yeah. you know, one of my kids was really kind of like a little off the wall there for a bit and we've done tons of stuff with him, um, you know, but when I'm then getting them back and I'm getting that nourishment, I'm so much more patient and that's feeding my nervous system. So yeah. whether we want it or not, it is a total infinity loop between us and our children um, and finding any little way through these tools to help create the flow in there for both sides uh, is just, you know, so important. So sit there and have those connections with your child as much as you can. Right. And if you're not getting that back, definitely seek out somebody like yourself. Because yes. when you just pulled out that chart and said that there are, there are certain times for neuroplasticity, that's that's a really important thing. Yes, it is. And and I have a book sitting right here. It's always on my desk. I learned from Glenn Dome and his institute is right outside of Philadelphia. Um, he passed away, but it was the Institute for the Achievement of Human Potential. And what I learned from him, because we rehabilitated my very severely neurologically injured niece. And through cross mobility, through diet, through all these things that we're talking about. And what I learned from him is that the serve and return, as it's called, you know, those connections build the scaffolding in the brain. And that's what all the studies now show. And the more down, you know, with the baby that we are, I think all parents should get a class because sometimes we don't know what to do with our kids. Yeah. You know? I mean, when you were saying those things like you innately or intuitively go to massage your baby, but you don't know all these other things that you need to do to support their nervous system. Right. Like that and I didn't even massage my kid. I mean, I knew, but I was postpartum and so stressed. Like yeah. I had to like relearn all of this for myself. 
And so I, I think, and part of why I got really focused on children is because my old, my youngest, when he was um, seven months, I watched him start to be delayed. He was crawling, not in a cross pattern. His fist was closed. One leg was behind. And most parents just go, oh, what a funny little crawl. But I knew what it was. And yeah. so had I not had colleagues that I could call and say, hey, this is what I'm seeing. What are you seeing? And then made the interventions that I did. I mean, he was up and moving cross patterned two weeks later. And I wow. went, oh, my God, what if what about all the moms out there who don't know what they're seeing and don't have the help to come in? And that's when I just hit the ground running and said, this is a mission. Well, it's definitely an important mission because I can't tell you how many I think of all like the little gym classes that I did with my kids and you'd see a kid who wasn't crawling properly. Yes. And that was definitely common. Can you tell everyone where to find you? Sure. So I'm on Instagram at Brain Gut in uh, Institute, Brain Gut Institute, and you can find the free course there um, and then www.braingutinstitute. And that is where I am. Well, it was such a pleasure to have you today. Do you want to leave everyone with a little tidbit of information? You've been so forthcoming with all the knowledge that you shared today. I just, as a mom who works with moms and children, I would just say allowing yourself to take a few minutes to find what tools work for you. And even if it's a minute or two minutes, a couple times a day, that will replenish the nervous system. This is proven, okay, enough that we can then, as we shift, our children land where our nervous systems are. They can only move oh, to the wow. most regulated nervous system in the room. And that's always us. So that's what I would I would love for everyone um, listening to take a moment to do, whether you have children or not. Or whether you're prepping to have a child. Yes, definitely. <laughs> Which is so important. Guys, make sure to follow this amazing woman. You can tell that she knows exactly what she's talking about. It's been just amazing to have you, BJ. And thank you. Thank you, you so Rachel. Much. All right, guys, stay tuned. Make sure you follow her. She is amazing. All right, bye, guys. All right, guys, that is all for today. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe to the show so you don't miss any future episodes. While you're there, it would mean the world to me if you take just a few seconds and leave me an honest review. Truth is, I love honesty. Your reviews help me to reach even more health coaches and wellness professionals who are ready to explode their business and want the truth in this non-BS approach. You can find all the links and the information mentioned in this episode at www.rachelafeldman.com backslash podcast. All right, so don't forget to tag me on Instagram at Rachel A. Feldman and let me know what was your favorite part of the episode. This will help me to create even better content for you, bring on awesome peeps to tell you the truth about how they built their business, plus other speakers to help you take your business to the top without overwhelm. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you guys soon.